Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, welcome back. Great show today. Um, Julie put the show together because we've had a lot of folks who are dealing with the same question, and this is a question that's been omnipresent in the real estate business since the beginning of time. And the question is, Julie? Yes, the question is, what do you do when your buyers say things like, well, whose side are you on anyway? Usually in the context of you having to get them to do stuff they'd rather not do to, you know, actually buy a house instead of just writing a bid. So what this is, guys, is it's a way for you to learn how you can avoid the natural, normal tension some of you guys experience in your business between either you and your seller or you and your buyer in the course of negotiating. And so let me just set this up just so you can mentally understand where we're coming from. When Julie and I sold real estate, and we sold real estate at a high level, 100, 200 homes a year for almost 10 years in a row, started selling in our early 20s. All this is, you know, you guys can read about this in our book. But here's the thing. We would, when we were new, often experience sellers in particular who are a little pissed off because at closing, we'd make more money than them. In Ohio, guys, where we sold in Ohio and Columbus, Ohio, in the city, state capital, there wasn't any, the houses, if they increased in value at all, they increased in value at the inflation rate. So, you know, 3% per year is what everyone sort of banked on. And they call that a, appreciation. But the reality of it was there was no appreciation. It was just keeping up with inflation because everything else was also inflating by 3% per year. So the cost of things were all increasing by 3%. So you would have to stay in your average middle-class, you know, central Ohio home for like seven or eight years before you actually had your mortgage paid down enough and the house inflated enough that you could actually make more money back than your down payment. Now, if you had any repairs, roofs and whatnot, then you were losing money. So it was very normal when we sold real estate to make more money at closing than the seller would. Now that would create all kinds of tension between the seller and us with regards to like, you know, you guys are making more money than us. Who are you negotiating for? Who are you? So what we learned over time and what we've since perfected, I think in our coaching program, and this obviously happens on the buyer side as well, is how to scripts on how to and mindset uh, things and how you seed the clients, the sellers or the buyers early on so that they'll always see you on the same side of the table as um, they are. And if you don't, if they feel like they're in opposition to you, look, you might still make a commission check, but you're not going to get any referrals from that person. And it's going to probably always be an adversarial relationship. And it, it's an adversarial relationship because you weren't, uh, you did not prepare that person for the inevitable feelings uh, that they were going to have you know, with regards to basically feeling sometimes like you, if you guys are in a competitive market, for example, like the irony of it, Columbus, Ohio now is there is real appreciation and houses do have, you know, incredible um, days, very short days in the market. It's like a parallel universe to when Julie and I sold there. But what happens is, is you'll have a seller who sometimes needs a taste of the, you know, a little coming to Jesus, bitter medicine type thing. They need to be told something they don't want to hear. And what happens is if you don't do that with finesse using one of our scripts, for example, one of our techniques, 
you're going to discover that that person's going to resent you and resent you for talking them into doing something that they think they didn't have to do. So this all comes with experience. But the thing is that some of you guys will lose too many deals on your way to getting the experience. That's the reason that you hire a coach to help shorten the curve and make it so you, uh, you know, a deal that comes together is a deal that stays together. That's the uh, mental mindset thing I want you to take away from today's podcast. So Julie, do you remember the specific questions? I know you were getting these a lot from Premier Coaching members who were needing this extra information that you prepared for us today. Yeah, well, so the agents on the buying side, being that this is mostly, for many of them, still a seller's market where you're competing, really it comes down to how do you get buyers to do what it takes to win? How do you position it in such a, a fashion that you're not really begging them to do what it takes, right? And having them feel like you're negotiating for the seller, not for them. So obviously my prevailing thought on this, as I'm sure yours is, is be the listing agent and you won't have that problem because the listing agent always wins. And we'll also close this show with point number 10 being that, okay? But in between, you also have a lot of buyers you gotta work. So seller's market equals sometimes crazy requirements from your buyers. So what happens when the buyer thinks you're not on their side? Well, look at it from hey, their perspective. Yes. Joey, uh, check the chat and then um, correct it, and then I and let's get to the first point, okay? Because I've got a couple quick announcements. Yep, you got it. I'll see okay. You in a second. All right, got it. Okay, guys. So here's a couple quick announcements, and then we're going to get to the first point. And point number one is that make sure that you are registered for the Harris VIP Mastermind. I know that's not until July, and I know a lot of you guys like to procrastinate. Um, but what's going to happen is what always happens is we're going to have a rush of people that are going to buy seats. We have expanded the event a little bit so that we can accommodate. A lot of you guys want to bring your spouses and whatnot, which is fine. Not the entire day is not going to be appropriate if your spouse is not in or your partner is not in real estate. But we are going to plan some uh, activities for them as well. So uh, this is going to be a pretty intense all-day event. And it's going to be in Austin, Texas. It's already uh, you know, scheduled. Everything's locked in. And we're honored to have Ryan Halliday as our afternoon speaker. So make sure you go to harrisvipmastermind.com. And the other day on the podcast, I was uh, you know, sort of gingerly talking about a new program we're going to have coming out where we're going to certify you guys to be Harris certified coaches. And in doing so, you guys were going to essentially get a turnkey coaching business that you could then basically scale. You could add your own personal coaching clients. You can do speaking events. You could do everything and use our entire system, the premier coaching system as the backbone. Well, we're putting the final touches on that program. I'm hoping that and launch the initial uh, group. It's going to be a group of no more than 10 of you. And the group, uh, I'm sorry, the program is the pricing and all that's going to be announced sometime. I'm hoping next week. It's going to be one of these things that some of you who are looking for another income spoke, this might be perfect for you. We have a lot of people that are, I think, have the capacity to be fantastic coaches. They have a lot of experience. They just don't know how to go around do, go about doing it. So that's what this program is going to do. We're going to teach you how to be a Harris certified coach. It's a 12-month program. It's going to be an intense program. You're going to not only learn the, the material, but you're going to learn how to present the material. You're going to learn how to coach. Uh, there, this is going to be something that you're going to have to take tests, the whole thing. So we're going to really do this right so that after the 12-month passes, you will be very confident and you'll be able to help other agents along the way in their real estate careers. So that's going to be the Harris Certified Coaching Program. What I want you to do is if you're interested, I'm hoping to have basically all 10 spots, the initial group, I'm hoping to have those set aside um, by the time we launch the program. So if you're interested, just email me back uh, directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com, tim at timandjulieharris.com. 
and that program is going to start uh, probably in May. So again, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com if you want to become a Harris Certified Coach. You will have to pay to become a Harris Certified Coach, um, and then the turnkey business that you're going to get as a result is literally you're going to be able to utilize even our merchant services accounts. You're going to utilize all of our customer service. You're going to have the only thing you're going to have to do as an owner of or as uh, being a, a Harris certified coach affiliate. The only thing you're going to have to do is provide the coaching services yourself to your clients. And then also you're going to have to do occasional events at your office and around your community um, to recruit more agents for your coaching business. Uh, this is your own business. So just be very clear about that. And we will occasionally send you clients, but that's not something um, that you're going to necessarily be able to build your business around. So we're going to teach you how to basically do everything you need to do to have your coaching own coaching business. Other people and uh, like Tony Robbins does something like this. John Maxwell does something like this. So they're inspiring us. So those of you who are familiar with uh, their coaching certification programs, they're more life coaching and they're not for real estate agents. And this is specifically for real estate agents. If you're a longtime podcast listener, you know that we're not real deep into the whole mindset thing. Most people want practical and tactile. They want to know how to make money. And that's what you are going to teach you how to teach others to do. Make sense, Julie? Absolutely. Hopefully this sounds a little bit better at this point. All right. It does. So... Back to our topic, when buyers yes, are wondering why you are having to talk them into doing such crazy things, we've got to look at what it looks like to them. It's always good to understand what's happening in somebody else's head. So you're asking them to perhaps bid over the list price. Some buyers get upset when you ask them to even be at the list price because they were told they're supposed to negotiate. Maybe they've been watching wall-to-wall -wall HGTV shows and they like the negotiation thought and process. Everybody's a little bit different. Guaranteeing the appraised difference, that's another hot topic. So if it doesn't appraise for what you overbid yourself up to, you're going to have to write a check for the difference. How about escalation clauses? You guarantee that you'll go up a certain percent or a certain dollar amount over whatever bid is the closest to you. How about non-refundable earnest money? That's always fun for the buyers. Not contingent on much of anything if you don't want to be outbid. In some markets, like San Francisco, areas out there, you don't even get a home inspection. Okay? It's not that you get no inspection repairs. You don't even get to have an inspection if you expect to actually buy the house in some areas. Okay? So certainly not contingent on home sale. That's outrageous. Strict lender requirements to achieve their pre-approval letter. Sometimes the requirements are not coming from you. It's what the lender is asking for from them. And I've, I've had this very specifically, Tim, on our premier coaching uh, calls come out especially from first-time buyers, from millennials, from back-to-market buyers and younger buyers, they have said to some of our coaching clients that they actually don't believe that all of this is required when their lender asks uh, for certain list, grocery lists of things, you know, going back two years of paychecks or a letter from your employer guaranteeing that you're going to have a job in two years. They're, they're just like, how can this be that I'm required to have all this? and sometimes that'll stall out their loan process. Uh, letters begging to accept their offer, a letter written from the buyers to the sellers saying, here's why we're good people and you need to accept us over everyone else, uh, and not expecting to get much back from the seller if there is any negotiation. That includes home inspections and extensions and things of that nature. And Tim, you've got some stories from you know, out in uh, Beverly Hills and, and even up east from some of your luxury and coaching clients of some of the crazy stuff they've had to do. So the buyers really do have a lot of pressure on them in order to get the house they want. Wouldn't you agree with that? 
Well, they do. And um, really, you know, Julie was touching on some of the things that we've had to, you know, coach our buyer's agents to do in order to get their deals together. But here's the here's the big takeaway, guys. When you're communicating with your buyer, when you're initially starting that relationship, and this is true with sellers too, you need to tell them, you just need to be straight up with them. And this, obviously you have to, you know, alter this depending on your market. You need to tell them, look, this is a crazy market and you are going to feel abused by the market. No doubt. You're going to feel pressure from the market. You're going to feel like you are having to compromise yourself and maybe not get as much from every you know from the opportunity whatever property you decide to focus in on as you'd like to have had you are going to feel like you may have gotten it a little bit taken advantage of and that's normal in a market like this when you win how you win is you secure the property or if it's a seller how you win is when you sell the property so you need to focus on the result and don't let yourself stumble along the way and be a little upset if someone basically is a little aggressive and decides to, you know, negotiate for an extra thousand bucks or whatever. That type of thing, Mr. Buyer, is normal in this market. And we need to just accept the fact that's the way it's going to always work. And the other, and I want you to remember, Mr. Buyer, Mr. Seller as well, that when we are out there looking for properties, focusing on the buyer side now here, guys, is that when you see a property that you like, you know, you have to tell me right away. Because remember, there's going to be 20 people that went in before us and 20 people that will go in after us. And so if you see a property that you like, if it, it, and look, it's not going to check 10 out of 10 boxes. If it checks 7 out of 10 boxes, you need to gravitate. You need to grab me and say, let's write that offer right now because you are lose it. And I don't want you to be in a situation where you're going to be remembering back to the house that you saw a couple of days ago and wish you would have purchased it. And then you guys always learn how to tell stories. So you can interject a story in there. I had a buyer, and this was a couple of years ago. And that buyer was in the exact same situation. They wanted to, you know, they, they thought they were expert negotiators. All, they got advice from their moms and their know-it-all brother-in-laws on how to basically hammer the seller down. And you have to do all these inspections and don't forget to work, you know, get your, you know, fungi eating worm inspection. I mean, all these crazy things. And, you, you know, you get your radon inspection and get blah, 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 all these things that were totally and completely maybe come, the advice is coming from a good point, but good perspective, but had no relevance in the market. And, and so, Mr. Buyer, when you, let me tell you about this buyer. So they, they saw this property that they really liked and they over-negotiated with the seller. And I told them not to do it. I said, listen, you're going to have a situation where that seller is going to have maybe two or three other offers on this property. And you're, because you've asked for all these other inspections that aren't normal in a market like this, you're not going to get the property. And sure enough, they didn't get the property. And as a result of that, every property I showed them after that was always comparing to the one that they let uh, get away. And they ended up finally, after, after making an offer on another property, they finally and lost that one too for the same reason. On the third property, they actually listened to me and they, they secured the property. And to this day, when I see them in the grocery stores and whatnot, they always go back and, and tell me when they drive past that first property, they wish they would have gotten it. So don't want you to be in that same uh, you know, position as they are. I don't want you to experience that same feeling as they did. So remember, in a market like this, we're on the same side. And um, we're on the same side of the table. And it's my job to do everything I possibly can to get it so that you secure that property. So you stand out in the sea of other buyers out there. So we stand above whatever the market is also presenting to that seller. And sometimes that's going to require you feeling like maybe you're compromising a little bit more than you'd like to. But I just want you to know that that's normal in a market like this. And you win when I give you the keys at closing. Julie? So I would challenge our listeners to stop for a second and ask yourself the discussion that Tim just presented to you, which took maybe three minutes. 
is that more than you're doing now in educating them and pre-programming them that this is normal? I bet for some of you it is. I bet you're just being assumptive that they understand what a seller's market is and why these things are required. So point number one, actually do what Tim just did. Educate them on why these things are required. What is a seller's market anyway? Why are they being asked to do this? It's not because here's what's misconstrued if you don't do what Tim just did with that conversation. And you can listen and replay on the uh, realestatecoachingradio.com and really memorize that. If you don't, you're in danger of them thinking that you're being over strict with them and that they can go work with an agent that's you know, going to maybe ask them less. They don't understand unless you explain it to them that, yes, they're going to feel like maybe they're the underdog here and they're being asked to go above and beyond that's normal in a seller's market. And when things change back and they, you know, get into a balanced market or someday into a buyer's market, we'll have different scripts on this podcast. But right now, you've got to have that conversation. Point number two, be willing to counsel them to wait if they really can't compete. There are buyers out there looking, maybe some of them on appointments with you this afternoon, that literally cannot compete in the market, in the price range, in the neighborhoods that you're going to show them. For example, point number three, Turn your VA and FHA buyers into 5% conventional buyers, and even then they may get outbid sometimes by cash or stronger buyers. But certainly the VA and FHA buyers in some markets, because they're probably in first-time buyer price ranges, they get killed in a multi-bid situation. And if that's so the only way there. they can get a loan, yeah. I mean, let's, this is let's a real problem. So, Go ahead. So guys, on the website, on the Premier website, you have – buyer scripts. And the buyer scripts are all designed. I wonder how many of you guys are using those premier coaching members. Use the buyer scripts because the buyer scripts, there's like four questions in a row that are all designed basically to test their motivation. Remember, the ultimate problem with buyers is there's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. And the reason we want you guys focusing on the sellers is because they're sellers that have to sell. You know, if you think about it, that's really the essence of why it is that some people are wildly successful in real estate and others aren't. The ones that focus on buyers are always going to have ups and downs in their income. They're going to work about 10 times more than the listing agent. And frankly, they're going to have a lot less quality of life because buyers never actually have to buy. They can change their mind. They can stay put. They can stay renting. They can just do nothing. A seller, you'll have lots of situations where you run across a seller that absolutely positively has to sell. Um, you know, I can give you countless examples, but the obvious ones are maybe there's a divorce and the decree has been issued. Maybe there's a financial issue and they need to sell the house. Maybe there's a bankruptcy. Maybe it's a foreclosure. Maybe it's a, you guys get the idea. There's really a long list of real bottom line reasons why there's always going to be sellers to have to sell. But when you try to come up with a similar list, sometimes people will say, what about 1031 tax exchanges? I would argue that someone could just pay the taxes and not ever have to actually you know, there's no forcing them to purchase another property. So just keep that in mind. So when you're going through this process that Julie's taking you through, a lot of times you guys are going to find yourself wasting time with buyers that really you shouldn't even have in the car in the first place. And had you qualified them uh, completely using our scripts, you'd have realized that they really, even though they presented as being motivated, they really weren't. I'll give you a real basic thing. Sometimes, well, not sometimes, most times buyers are going to say, I'm looking for a real good deal. This is, I'm taking a little side venture here with you guys off Julie's present, uh, presented material here, but I'm looking for a real good deal. And I want you to ask them, what, is the, what does that mean to you? What does a good deal mean to you? Everyone listening, a good deal means price, doesn't it? All agents think a good deal means price. And so it must mean the same thing for everybody, not just me. A good deal must mean price. Well, you'll be surprised when you start asking buyers what a good meal, 
good deal means to them. And the script is, Mr. Buyer, I appreciate the fact you're looking for a good deal. I hear that all the time. But what does a good deal mean to you? And then you're going to discover a good deal. Price might be one of the top fives, but it's usually not number one. A good deal means a house where I don't have to do any work. A good deal means a house that's close to all the important things to me. A good deal means a house with a you know private back. You guys get the idea. Then they might say price. But even at price, what people are, nobody's focused on price. They might say price, but what they're really focused on is the payment. So they're all trying to accomplish a certain payment goal that you also should have asked prior to working with them as buyers. And that's also part of the buyer pre-qualification script that you guys get part of a premier coaching. And it is important that you follow the script and follow the system to completely pre-qualify your buyers before you start working with them. And I know that nobody else in your marketplace is doing it. And that's the reason I want you to do it. Because when someone actually goes through, it's not a long process, 10 minutes. When somebody goes through the process of answering your questions, you'll know what you're working with. You'll know how motivated they are. You'll know how long they've been looking. You'll know if they've seen anything they've liked. You'll know if they've made any offers. You'll know if they're fans, all the whole thing. You'll know everything. But once they go through that process with you, they're not just going to work with the next agent that, that comes along because they've already invested time with you. That's the key to making this work. And because you've established yourself as a professional, whereas the other agents are just Pop-Tart realtors, as our dearly part departed friend and mentor, Howard Britton, used to say, you know, they don't pre-qualify. Oh, you want to go see a house? Fine. I'll just drop everything right now and I'll meet you over at the house. How many of you operate like that? You think the buyers respect you? How does that make you feel how much time you've been wasting? Pre-qualify them. Ask the questions in which we've written them on the script and you'll save tons of time. And by the way, when you do that, you will, and then you follow the buyer presentation, you, we have three really great scripts that you're supposed to be using every time you work with a new buyer. There's the floor plan script. There's the three times out script. If you just perfect those two scripts, they're on the website, Premier Coaching Members, you're going to find that you, again, will save all, times, all kinds of stress and weed out the buyers that really weren't motivated. There are, for every one good buyer, there are probably four or five that just want to look at houses. They will happily waste your time. Yeah. And had you asked better questions, yeah, isn't that the bottom line, Julie? Paying you. They're not even paying for your gas. So it's a nice field trip out for some people, you know. So this kind of speaks to what agents will sometimes say, buyers are liars and buyers don't know what they want. Well, I mean, maybe a touch of that, but really a lot more of that is agents don't bother to ask the right questions. So yes, use the pre-qualification script. Remember, everyone else in the world does this to you all the time. When you go to a new doctor, even if it's, you know, maybe just a dermatologist, there's nothing really, you know, you're just getting a checkup. What is the first thing they do? They hand you a clipboard with a checklist and a fill in the blank. Who's your insurance? What do you find anything bothering you? What's your nearest kin contact? All of these things. And by the way, we're going to put a credit card on file in case you missed your appointments. We can charge you for it. So other people pre-qualify you and you're used to it. I don't know why it is that agents think it's okay to just show anything to anybody at any time. So we've pounded that into your heads, I think, enough. We hope. I often get another – hopefully we'll find out from our questions. So often I will then, in spite of our best efforts and in spite of agents doing a good job on pre-qualifying, I'll get a question that goes like this. I've got a buyer that's, you know, 5% down conventional or whatever is making them a little weaker than the competition. We keep getting outbid, but they're highly motivated. They don't have anything to sell. Their lease is up. I really want to help them. So how can I get them to win? We've been writing strong offers, but we keep losing out. Maybe they can't guarantee the appraisal, for example. So point number four answers that question. Look for off-market, old expireds. 
Look for for sale by owners. New construction, if they're in the right price range and area. Zillow make me move sellers so that your weaker buyers don't have to compete. That's the only way you're going to get them in contract. Or you can advise them to wait, or you can refer them if you don't want to deal with that extra heavy lifting. So again, off-market old and older expired FISBOs, new construction, Zillow make me move, things that they do not have to compete on. I like new construction the best of all of that list because you've got a guaranteed deal, you've got a new relationship with a new build rep, and it's probably going to be a really nice listing when they you know, hopefully list with you in two years. So there you are. Uh, point number five, use scripts like, may I give you the same advice that I would my own brother or sister? You know, really commiserate with them that, look, this is not because I'm trying to talk you into being uncomfortable. It's because I'm trying to accomplish your goal. And I need to give you the same advice that I would my own brother or sister. So you've got to be really compassionate for their situation. Point number six, do use a buyer presentation so that you have a better understanding and better loyalty from your buyers. Why do some of you not do that? Because the close for a buyer agency contract should be the result of a great presentation. Because you're not doing a buyer presentation, it's pretty hard for you to close on buyer representation. Now, I realize that in some markets, asking for that is probably unreasonable because they're going to want to go to somebody that doesn't ask for that. At the very least, you still need to do the presentation and the pre-qualification. What would you Joel, say to that, Tim? Would you agree? Well, yes. so we don't talk about this enough because obviously we like to focus on working with sellers, yeah. but we do have a whole buyer section on Premier Coaching, and there is a buyer's presentation. And one of the buyers, part of the buyer's presentation is get them to sign a buyer's agency contract. But we also have a easy exit listing on the buyer side. So if they're not completely satisfied with the job you're doing and representing them as a buyer uh, on the buyer side, that they can fire you with no strings attached excluding any properties that you already showed them, including for sale by owners. So that's a way to get them to basically show their commitment to you. If they're not willing to commit to doing that, then they're probably never going to buy a house from you. And you need to just accept the fact that, you know, ultimately that's the problem with a lot of, the, of your businesses is you guys don't have any or enough really truly great buyer leads. Go back and focus on the sellers. That's where all the best buyer leads come from. Probably 50% of all your sellers will also become your buyers. Are you getting this listeners? Are you stringing these thoughts together? And while we focus on all of our best energies on helping you guys become powerful listing agents, Julie, try to finish your points. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you got it. So we are on point number seven. Be the first to see it, the first to write, and communicate with the listing agent so you can win. Here's a, a very tried and great tactic. Go old school in your offers. Here's what you do. Write it on paper first, then follow it with DocuSign. Leave a sealed offer in the seller's house. Call the listing agent. Tell them it's waiting for their seller, and you'll, find, you'll follow up with DocuSign. Force them to deal with you first. I have many examples of this working. Here's where this comes out of. A lot of deals have been getting lost in the time it takes between the buyer saying, yes, this is the one I want to bid on, and you getting back to your office and turning it into DocuSign or .loop, and then getting them to find it in their email and sending it back to you and you sending it back to the agent. In the meantime, somebody who uses a good old-fashioned pen and ink hard copy contract has gotten the house away from you. And they might not have even been the strongest offer because you're taking too long to get it done. So well, old Julie, school, leave it behind. Pretty powerful. 
Go ahead. So, but drill down on that also. A lot of these listing agents are just trying to double end it. And, uh, you know, that's the yeah. other side of it. We're, it's not necessarily a bad thing. If, you know, listing agents, good job trying to double in your own listing. But the reality of it is, is you're going to oftentimes, how do you even know if your offer was presented? How do you even know you don't? Yeah. So what Julie's talking about is yeah. totally legal and ethical. Next point, Julie. Yes, point number eight, counsel your buyers, you handled this earlier, that a great deal, quote, a great deal, means they're getting the house they want over everyone else who's bidding. <laughs> Not that they're beating the seller up or on price and have unrealistic expectations. In today's market, a great deal is getting the house you want. That's realistic. Mm -hmm. Point number nine. Be willing to refer them to another agent if the buyers are not your cup of tea. If they just won't write the offer that is required, if they're looking, if they have all those issues and they're out of your area, whatever the case is, you can refer them to somebody else. Point number 10, and you knew this is where we were headed, become a listing agent so that points one through nine no longer matter to you. <laughs> okay, just keeping it real. The listing agent always wins. Back to you. Yeah, that's the that's bottom line. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. I, we're going to never try to hide our biases towards wanting you guys all to be listing agents. But if you had the opportunity to have a choice between having five listings or even 10 listings, depending on your marketplace at all times, or having 20 or 30 buyers, none of you would choose the buyers over the listings. And yet so few of you actually chase the listings. Why is that? Because you believe that there's a scarcity of listings. That's not true. There isn't a scarcity of listings and there never will be. How many for sale by owners or AKA unrepresented owners in your marketplace right now? How many expires were there just, you know, a couple weeks ago in the change of the month or will there be in a couple months, uh, weeks from now when the market changes? How many just the list is endless? You guys need to think about why you're chasing the buyers. I know why, you know why, because working with buyers is physical labor. It's mostly a social experience. It's not necessarily requiring that you have that greatest skill set, right? That's being honest. You don't know how to present. You don't need to know how to, you know, there's not even that many scripts necessary working with buyers. Working with buyers is easier than working with sellers, but the money's on the listing side. Always has been and always will be. Working with buyers, as Julie so eloquently said, is physical labor. You are giving up your life, showing houses, giving up your time with your family, giving up whatever you normally would be doing, showing houses to buyers, usually at times when you'd rather not be working because they don't work. So you're going to be showing houses on the nights and the weekends. So forget about through the spring, summer, and fall, having a sort of normal life for the most of you. That's tr the truth when you focus on buyers. When you focus on sellers, guys, we coach you to have a normal nine to five lifestyle. We coach you to basically manage your time like a professional. We coach you how to delegate, in essence, everything but the core activities, which all of you should be mastering. Um, by that, I mean lead generation. I mean negotiating, or, uh, lead generation, presenting, negotiating contracts, closing contracts. Uh, we focus on making it so that you can have a real business that's based on sellers. If there's anything we can do for you guys, I want you to always remember, email us directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. If you've not requested your free coaching call, I know we were backlogged for the past uh, five or six days. We are caught up. Just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And you can, I think you can, most of you can get a coaching call depending on how early in the day you request it the same day or the next day. So just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And when you do, you're going to get six free books. The book that I want you guys to jump on right away is the real estate treasure map. That's your fill in the blank business plan. It's a great time to, if you have not done your business plan yet, or the business plan you put together was not, if you haven't looked at it since you did it in January, the, the real estate treasure map is going to take you through the whole mental process of truly setting goals. And 
A goal is a dream with an action plan. And that's the reason that we have such great reviews on the treasure map is because it takes you through the process of creating action plans for every single goal. So if there's ever anything we could do for you guys, remember, email us directly. These are our real emails. We really do check them. Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. Thanks for continuing to uh, keep our book as a number one international bestseller. We truly appreciate it. If you've not purchased that yet, go to Amazon. The book is called Harris Rules. And uh, yeah, guys, have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.